This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, here we go. We're going to get started in part two of our series this month, The Cheerful Giver. On behalf of our church, we welcome all of you today. God bless you for being here. If you're a visitor today, I just ask you to be yourself, uh, be at home. And I would love the personal opportunity of meeting you if I have not met you yet. I will do my best to meet you today. I'll kind of stay right here in this little area, right here in front of the pulpit. So if, if you're up to it, I know I'm up to it. I'd love to meet you and welcome you uh, personally to Calvary Church. And if this is not your first time, if it's first, second, third, uh, and you're just interested to know more, if, if maybe it is your first and you want to know more about Calvary Church, why don't you meet with me uh, right after this service. We'll be behind the platform area in a nice meeting facility room there. We'll serve you lunch. We'll spend a few minutes together. Fresh hot coffee. Uh, lunch will be served. We'll take care of your children. We call it growth track and it will give me an opportunity to really sit down and get to know you a little bit better and we'll help you get started into how to connect more here at Calvary Church. Here we go to the scriptures. First Timothy. Turn with me today to First Timothy chapter number six and we're in a series called Cheerful Giver, and what I'm doing is I'm giving you a, uh, a text, of a portion of Scripture for the entire series, and we've, we've reiterated it every week leading into today, but then in just a moment, I will give you a specific Scripture that's dedicated for today's message. So this is where the series came from. It came right here out of 1 Timothy 6. And I'm going to read from the Living Bible. Tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Don't be proud of your money. Don't, be, don't trust in your money. Why? It will be gone soon. But their pride and trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And this is a powerful statement that we're going to teach from today. Tell them to use their money to do good. Use your money to do good, they should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. And then I love this promise. If you'll do this, you will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. If you're looking for something to write down, if you're looking for something to put out on Twitter, here is the best thing I can tell you today concerning the Word of God. The world that we live in, I mean, when we're, we're just knee high growing up, we're taught to love money and to use people. Love money. Do whatever you can to get as much money as you can. Use people to get it. But the Bible teaches, and we're going to explore it today, that we have that backwards, we're to love people and use money. Love people and to use money, not the opposite. So here's our message specifically for this Sunday, the 10th of September, the second week of The Cheerful Giver. These notes are found in your app, Calvary FTW. You can put that on your smart device and follow right along with me. But today's message is this, intentional giving. Intentional giving. 
And my scripture for us to work from, it partners well with our series verse. But today's is Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Because if you do that, moth and rust are going to destroy it. Thieves will break in and steal it. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's another way of summarizing that scripture, everybody. I'll enjoy forever what I invest in heaven. If I will be intentional in my giving and invest in things that will last forever, then guess what? I get to enjoy them forever. Here's what we're working from today. I would love to get a a response with a hand lifted up. If you were one like me several years ago, my faith was just increased when somebody gave me a copy of a devotional by Pastor Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. Is there anyone else that you've ever worked through that devotional? Uh, I see a handful. of Yeah, there's several hands actually. That was one of the most powerful devotionals that I'd ever been given. And I still have my copy and I still go back and work through it some. If it's new to you, if you've never heard of it, I promise you it's not outdated It is right on time. You ought to go on to Amazon today and buy a copy of The Purpose Driven Life. I can summarize for you. There's five things that when you were created by God, there are five things that you need to excel in. Five things. First one is called worship. Everyone say worship. When God created you, he created you with with a heart that was to worship God. But unlike our earthly father, Our Heavenly Father gives it to you as an option. You have a choice if you're going to worship God or not. God's not going to force you, but He did create you with the purpose to worship Him. And you'll never, ever be complete until you give your heart to Jesus Christ and become a worshiper of the Lord. Second thing that Purpose Driven Life teaches us is that we were created with the purpose of fellowship. The Bible tells us that the the number one commandment in Scripture is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then it also tells us to love our neighbor. The second purpose in life, other than loving God and worshiping God, is to love one another. The third one is discipleship, meaning God created with with a purpose that we will never be happy unless we're growing Growing in Him, getting to know Him better, Him getting to know us more, us building up our character. Today, after this service, I'll be leading our growth track class. That's a, that's a, that's a way for you to fulfill the purpose of discipleship, and that is to allow other people to help you grow in your, in your walk with God. Fourthly, something called ministry, meaning serving others. So again, let's kind of repackage this and we'll, we'll un- unpack it together. God desires us to know him in worship. God desires us to know each other in fellowship. God desires us to know him more by building up our understanding of him. It's called discipleship. And he wants us to serve other people. And then last, our purpose is evangelism, meaning once we come to know Jesus 
We have one job to do, and that's to allow someone else to come to know Jesus through our life. Whether it be our family members or even a stranger or maybe a co-worker, God's purpose for you is to lead someone to know him. So how does that work into a message called the cheerful giver? Well, I believe that I can show you in Scripture today that when it comes to our finances, that we need to use our money, use our money, not use people. Use our money while loving people. And I believe that we can use our money in the same five ways of the purpose-driven life. I think we could use our money in the same way in these five areas. If you were to meet with a financial planner, the first thing a financial planner would tell you, everybody, and some of our students are here today, there's going to be a day you get a job and, and your HR department's going to set you up with, with a financial advisor. And they're going to tell you this, don't put all your money in one area. Spread your money around because it's safety net. It's smart to have your money spread around to where if things go bad in one particular area of our economy, it doesn't sink you financially. All right? So that's why people invest in all these different areas because a financial advisor would tell them that they need a balanced investment portfolio. Well, when it comes to giving, I want to show you there's a plethora there's a multiplicity of ways that you need to be giving. And just like our scripture taught us, we're not giving for our pleasure on earth. We're giving in areas that will last for eternity. So if you're going to have to use your money, why not use it to be able to enjoy it later in eternity? And I'm going to have a little fun here. And we're going to use terms like, like fund, F-U-N-D. And, and before any of you start wondering, is this, is this like an investment class? It is, but in eternity, because the world wants you to love your money so much that you'll never consider eternity. But the Bible wants you to understand that your money will not live forever, but where you spend it can. And I'm going to show you a few areas. Are y'all ready to get going? Here we go. First of all, God has a fund called his treasury fund. God's treasury fund. This is linked to the first purpose of purpose-driven life. It's called worship. Everyone say worship one more time. How? <laughs> Pastor Tommy, you're going to have to help me here. You're, you're talking about cheerful giving, which is talking about money, but yet you're talking about worship. How does money and worship go hand in hand? Here's how. Because when you are giving to the work of God, his treasury fund, it is an act of worship. It's not an act of kindness. It's not an act of, of generosity. And that may confuse some of you. No, it's, of course it's generosity. No, it's an act of worship. Because when you practice what the book of Proverbs, chapter number 3, verse 9, tells us in the Living Bible, it's, it's specifically tied to the things of God. Proverbs 3 and 9, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income and he will fill your barns and overflow your barrels. 
Now, someone came to me after the first service and said, it was so kind of them. They said, man, I just love hearing you preach about money because you don't hold back anything. You don't, you don't try to pull anything over anybody. You tackle the elephant in the room. And I had to ask, now, what, what elephant was it today? Let me, let me tell you what he was referring to, everybody. You ready for this? This may shock you to hear a preacher tell you this. God doesn't need your money. If you grew up in a church, if you grew up in religion, I'm certain there was times where you felt like a preacher was a car salesman, an insurance salesman. He was, a, he was selling light bulbs. <laughs> I grew up the son of a salesman, so I understand the whole sales thing. But God's not interested in your money. God wants what it represents. And here's what I mean by that. Every single one of us in this room, none of us chose to live in America. We were born here or you immigrated here and you were put, you were put into an economy. Everything about this life that you and I live in, it revolves around the American dollar. You have to have it. The more of it that you have, the less stress. And I know that that can go either way. We can talk about how too much brings stress. But just stay with me for a moment. You got to have money. And this is what God knew. God knew that you would have a natural affection towards money. And if you tell me you don't, you're lying about other things too. Every single one of us, whether you're the school teacher, the plumber, maybe you're, maybe you're a contractor, maybe you're a preacher, we all have to have money to operate our lives on. And God knew that money would be a tender subject. He knew that there would be a point in your life that money would matter. And he also knew that if he could get you to put him first when it came to your money, he knew that he would have all of your heart. But here's how we think. We think, easy up, preacher. I've been in these services before. I've been in these settings before. Always asking, always showing there's a need. Hey, everybody, guess what? I got news for you. This may shock you. The church doesn't need your money. Well, y'all, y'all, yes, you do need our money. You ask for it every week. No, the church is trying to lead you in an act of faith, an act of obedience to give God what he really desires. And that's the heart that you have. He wants to know where you are in this relationship with him. And here's what he promises. He promises if you'll trust me with the first part of your finance, the Bible refers to it as the tithe. If you'll invest in God's treasury fund, not in an act of paying a bill, not in the act of giving in to pressure. God forbid you ever give out of pressure. You're not going to get anything in return out of giving out of pressure. But if you'll give out of faith and obedience and invest in God's treasury fund as an act of worship unto God, this is what the Bible promises in Proverbs 3. We just heard it. He says, honor him by the first part that he will fill your barns and overflow your barrels. You'll have so much that you won't even be able to know what to do with it. And everybody said, amen, I received that, right? Everybody loves the promise of tithing. They just don't like the obedience of tithing. Go Cowboys. I got to do something to hear an amen on that. When you're preaching on tithing, you don't have any amens. You mentioned cowboys, church ready to run a lap. Go cowboys. There you go. Hey, everybody, check this out. 
God says, I just want to know where you are in this relationship. I don't need your money, but I just know where your heart is. Your heart's in your money. You've got to have money. You need money. You want more of your money. So therefore, if I'm going to have anything, to, if, if I'm going to get a foot in the door in your heart, if I'm going to really be Lord, then I, I'm, I'm going to have to ask for some of your money. Because I can tell you are tied to your money. Because you love your money. And you can give me your time. You can give me your talent. I know that. I've preached that sermon many of times. At the heart of the issue is God wants to know, are you willing to trust me with your tithe? And if you are, I make this promise. I'll overflow your barns and barrels. I'll give you more than you can ever dream of having. But I just got to know where you are in this. Do you really want the blessings of heaven? If so, put a little money in the treasury fund, God's treasury fund, and watch what God will do. Here's why Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I found this out recently. I had a man in our church say, Pastor, I don't know if you enjoy investing or doing anything with, with, your, with your savings and all, but I know about this stock. And man, I was all ears. This is a successful man in our church. I said, tell me about it. He told me about it. And, and, and I put a little bit of our savings into this particular stock. And it's funny. I immediately put it on my iPhone under my little app, my little finance app. And every day I look at that little stock. My attention's on that stock. I'll look at it tomorrow. I might look at it today. I just look at that stock. I want to see that stock. And it hit me. The scripture is true. Wherever I put my money, there's my heart. And I find that if, if I've got money in it, it's got my attention. If I've got money in it, all of a sudden, man, I want that business to do well. All of a sudden, when we're at Walmart, I'm buying some of their products. All of a sudden, I'm telling you, have you ever tried that? You need to try that all the while because I'm looking for that stock to increase, right? Guess what? has nothing to do with stocks. My question is, if you want to know if your heart's in the work of God, you'll know because your treasury will be there. The minute you start giving of your tithe and the minute that you start sowing offerings, the minute that you start putting your money where your faith is, did you catch that? The minute that you really start buying into the work of God, the kingdom of God, you'll be into the work of God and the kingdom of God. You'll be praying about it every day. You'll, you'll have something to pray about. You'll have something to be serving in. You will find out. Let me tell you something, everybody. You can tell who wants to serve in the work of God, because they've got money tied up in the work of God. And God knew before you and I were ever born in this beautiful thing called America, that he knew that the American dollar would have each and every one of us, that it would have us. And he thought, if it's going to be their God, I won't be their God. But if they'll relinquish it over to me, I can actually be their Lord, and I can be their overseer if they'll trust me with the first part of their income. Everybody say worship one more time. A second purpose that we've already discussed out of purpose-driven life, it, it comes here, and it's called fellowship. Well, I want you to start spending some of your money into God's mutual fund. I want you to start putting money into God's mutual fund. Fellowship. Here's the deal. You were created to love God, but you were also created to love people. Every time you use your money in fellowship, you're investing in eternity. Good example. I can't wait for tonight. 5.30 is my small group tonight. We do a little parenting small group with new families, with new, with new children. 
and I can't wait. Now, I'm spending money on a babysitter. Matter of fact, I'm so bad that, that, that I, I didn't even get them paid for last week, so I had to pay double today. I've already sent the money out of conviction. I was like, dear Lord Jesus, i got babysitters coming over. I owe them. They're not going to show up. We're going to have a house full of kids, and they're going to say the preacher never paid us. i got to pay them double, so I paid them today. But you know what I'm doing? I'm actually investing in God's mutual fund. Why? Because I'm creating environments of fellowship you won't talk about spending money in good ways. Spend money over lunch with people. Spend money vacationing with your family. Spend money going to see movies with your kids. Taking your kids to the ball game. Spend money in fellowship. Take your parents out to lunch every now and then. Spend money on people because I can tell you right now, when this thing's over, when this life is over, your money's not going to be going with you. I have... Uh, something special to me at my house. It's in my bedroom. It's actually in my, my, my bedroom today. And it's a small, little, small, little pocket knife that my grandfather gave to my mother to give to me. And it's just, it didn't cost a lot of money, but it's special to me because it was passed down to me. Do you know why it was passed down to me? Because he couldn't take it to heaven with him. Everything that you've ever been given by your family, there's a reason. Because they can't take it to heaven with them. Now, I've got a cousin of mine. I was bragging one time about my little knife. I said, look what Paul gave me. Paul gave me this little knife, and I was rubbing it in. And he said, well, that's not a big deal. They left me $100,000. So I just used the knife. Whether you were given a pocket knife or whether you were given $100,000, guess what? The reason it was given to you is because they couldn't take it with them. Why do we insist to spend all of our money on things that are only of earth and value that are going to moth and rust will corrupt? Why do we spend all of our money on stuff that can be taken from us, stolen from us, when we could be putting money in God's mutual fund and creating memories of a lifetime that will even be in eternity? Now, you may say, how is that going to be in eternity? I can tell you how because it goes to point number three. It's called God's growth fund. God's growth fund is you investing in yourself with your character, your discipleship, your inner growth, your spiritual growth. And here's why. Because your car is not going to heaven your house is not going to heaven. Your clothes are not going to heaven. But your character will. Because when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, Woo, what a cool car. He's not going to say, I love that outfit. When you get to heaven, he's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say, "Woo, hey, Peter, Paul, Silas, y'all got to come check this dude's shoes out, man. He's going to say, hey, everybody, look, we got a rich one coming in. Look at all that money. He's not going to say, hey, everybody, y'all get a golfing together. We got somebody down on the luck. No, all that's worldly thinking. God's going to say, welcome home, thou good and faithful servant. And partly because you put your faith in his saving grace. But then you chose to come up under his lifestyle, his lordship, and his stewardship. 
and you've been investing money in his treasury fund. You've been spending money on people, having fun with people at small groups. You've been paying the babysitters. You've been buying the brownies. You've been putting fresh coffee on for your family and your friends. You've been, you've been enjoying fellowship, but then you've also invested in yourself. And all the ladies in the house, listen to me. If you're looking for a great example of how to spend money in God's growth fund, You've got a ladies' retreat right around the corner. Be the best money you've ever spent. How? Well, because you get the double dip. A lot of that money is going to be in God's mutual fund because you're going to be around other ladies, enjoying friendships, making relationships that will last a lifetime. But then you're also going to be building up yourself. Discipleship. God's purpose for your life is to know Him in worship. God's purpose in your life is for you to find freedom from your issues. You do that by hanging out with the right people and hanging out in the right places. And one of the right places outside of the house of the Lord is whenever the church is mobile, when the church is on the move, into houses of small group ministry and then houses of retreats, youth camps, different settings where the church is mobile. Best money you'll ever spend is being a part of God's growth fund. Every devotional you buy, every time you buy, every time you download a new worship CD, what are you doing? Put money in God's growth fund. Every time that you that you go on an app and you and you and you invest your time into a devotional that Pastor Manny mentioned, what are you doing? Put money in your growth fund. If you're wanting to use your money, guys, why use it on things that are not going to last? Use your money on things that will last for eternity because you'll get to enjoy them forever. Can I get a big amen today? God's treasury fund, what a place to worship. God's mutual fund, what a place to fellowship. God's growth fund, what a place to grow and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Romans 12.10, back to the mutual fund, it says show hospitality. But then Proverbs 10 on the growth fund says the earnings. Everybody say my paycheck. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives. That doesn't mean a shopping spree. That means to invest in your own walk with God. Do something special with your money. Don't use people and love money. Love people. And use your money. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 to buy. That's right. It takes money. Buy wisdom. Buy education. Buy insight. Buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs 16 and 16 says it is better, much better, much better to have wisdom and knowledge than gold and silver. I've got a whole bunch of money, but I'm missing out on my spiritual growth. You're not going to take that money with you. Why don't you trade that money in for some spiritual growth, gain a little wisdom out of the Word of God, buy you a good commentary, buy you some devotional materials, go on a ladies' retreat. Let me give you the fourth one here. God's service fund. I invest in eternity when I use my money to serve others. It's called ministry. Last Sunday was our first week in this series and we did something last Sunday that we do not make a habit of doing around here. We, we had an act of compassion, an act of giving financially above and beyond our weekly giving. We just had a move of the Lord's spirit of love. And we had a big fun time raising money for Hurricane Harvey relief. And boy did you guys show out. 
Y'all gave so openly and liberally. Let me tell you what you were giving to. You were giving to God's service fund. It wasn't the tithe. Can I help somebody on that? Some people misunderstand the tithe. They think, well, I'm going to give to missions. I gave my tithe. No, what you did was you gave to God's service fund. It was missions. It was an act of kindness, an act of generosity. It was an act of love. The tithe is that first part to worship, and then there are times where you're moved on to go above and beyond and give with generosity. Ecclesiastes says it this way. Ecclesiastes 11 in the message says, Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. That's God's service fund. Why? Because charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. If, if by chance someone here today is saying, why would you take a whole series on giving? Well, the word give and giving is in the Bible more than these three words together. Prayer. Is that a shocker? Prayer. It's more than that word combined with the words of doing good and the words believe. You can combine all of them together, and they're still caught up, fall up short of the word give. God wants a cheerful giver that's giving intentionally, and these are some excellent ways to use your money for good. Proverbs 19 says, when you give to the poor, it's like lending money to the Lord. He will pay you back. Last but not least today, and then I'm going to show you what's revealed what is revealed in giving? Last but not least with the funds, though, is God's global fund. If you're looking for somewhere to put some money in this life, put it into God's global fund. And what does that mean? Spend money. Spend your own hard-earned money that you worked so hard for. Spend some of that money to lead someone else to Jesus Christ. Buy them a round of golf. Get them on that back nine and ask them if they've ever given their life to Jesus Lead them to Jesus. Buy them a meal. Pastor Tommy, everything you're, if I keep spending all these money on all these funds, I'm not going to have any money left. Well, listen to me. You're going to get to enjoy what I'm talking about for eternity. Investing in souls is the only thing that will last forever. Because none of the other areas that you put your money is going to be found in eternity. God's global fund. Let's talk about it real quick today. Luke 16 and 9. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. That doesn't mean be the guy that buys his friends. This is what it says. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, I want to stretch some of you. Can you imagine walking into heaven and someone thanking you for bringing them to Jesus? Could you imagine it? Friday, I stood in this pulpit and I gave honor to the memory of Cleveland Richardson, a 91-year-old war veteran. And as he was positioned right here in front of the pulpit in his casket, I was afforded the great opportunity to talk about his life. And right there in the presence of his family and friends, I shared my thought that one day, one day, I will see him again. The only thing that you will see in heaven 
are those that you bring with you and those that have gone before you. So why in the world are we just so determined to spend our money on frivolous things, temporal things, things that we're just going to pass down to our kids? Why not spend our money on things that are going to last forever? Because the only thing going to heaven are people. Can I get an amen today? Third John, third John chapter 1 verse 8 says we must support believers who go on trips. Go on trips, missions trips, so that we can work together with them in spreading the truth. This upcoming weekend, we have over 30. We have a large amount of our church that are going to be down in the Houston area, the broad Houston Metroplex area, spreading all the way to Vider, Beaumont, Victoria, Port Aransas, the entire area. We have big group of people that are going to be there next weekend. While we're here in our service, they're going to be in service there, possibly in a, in, a, in a flooded home, tearing out drywall, possibly handing out water, possibly, possibly shoveling out debris, but they're going to be there serving this is God's global fund, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We've been to Nicaragua, we've been to Haiti, we've been to El Salvador, Costa Rica. It's time to go to Houston and spread the good news of Jesus. And you never know, you just might go to heaven one day and meet somebody that said, you cleaned my house out. I was an unbeliever, but when I saw you working and serving in, in, and putting your money and putting your faith where your words were. Instead of being all talk as the church of the living God, you actually served and you were a minister. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ because of it. Guys, we have options. We can spend our money however, whenever we want. You have a job, you get a paycheck, you can spend it on whatever you want. I told someone recently, and I promise you I was not trying to be haughty. I wasn't trying to be goody-goody. I wasn't trying to be arrogant and egotistical. But someone asked me and said, man, I love your truck. I've got this awesome little 2014 little Ford pickup. And I was, I was man, I said, well, thank you. And they said, man, I wish I had a truck like that. You must make a lot of money. And I said, well, I, I make some good money. But I can tell you what, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I've never been divorced, I don't gamble it away, and I don't eat myself silly. I've got a little money, but I manage it well. You may think, well, that was pretty arrogant and cocky. No, what I'm trying to get across today is this. You can spend your money however you want to spend it. However you choose to invest it in this earth, it's going to be coming and it's going to be going because life is but a vapor. And when it's over, things are going to stay. The truck he liked... It's going to rust. It's not going to run well one day. It's going to be given to my kids when it's not working well. <laughs> but you know what? We'll live forever. Every single penny of fellowship. Every vacation with my kids. Every meal that I eat with you. Every cup of coffee that we share in the lobby. Every memory that I create with my brothers and sisters or family, guess what? It'll live forever. That's money well spent in God's mutual fund. Every time I serve someone, every time I bless someone, every time that I send Denora on a missions trip because I don't like them. 
Bible says we got to send them on those trips. I just live in the Word of God. There's senders and goers. She hammered down on me hard the other day. You need to be going on that trip. I said, I don't need to go on that trip. You need to go on that trip. People need to know you know how to work hard out there in that missions field. I said, you need to go on that trip where people know that you're submitted to the man of this house. It's my family. Let me lead it. You mind your own business. Here's the thing, everybody. If God's blessed you with a paycheck of any kind, it's not about how much you make. It's where you spend it. There's multimillionaires, billionaires in this life that aren't spending it in the right way. And there are people that are on fixed incomes that are investing, and when they get to heaven, they'll have treasures stored up for eternity. It's not about the amounts. If God's blessed you with finance and you're investing in these areas, guess what? I pray that you have so much in this life you'll never spend it because it's not God's will for you to be broke. But it is God's will that you be a good steward. Areas like what I'm talking about are areas that will go on forever in eternity. Let me give you these real quick. i got three minutes to hit them. Three points in three minutes. This is what will be revealed in your, in your time of giving. When you're an intentional giver, this is what will be revealed. Number one, it will be revealed that you're a part of God's family. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And I'm fixing to step on some toes, and I don't make any apologies for it. You cannot be a product of God's true saving grace and mercy and Him bring you out of the miry clay of sin and giving be such a big issue for you. You can't go to bed at night knowing that you've been forgiven of all the stuff that you've gotten yourself into and giving still be an issue for you. When you are touched by the hand of God's grace, when you know that you know that it was only by the grace of God that you were saved and have your name in the Lamb's book of life. When you know that, I'm telling you, you can't give enough. Because you realize it's, it's hit you now. It's hit you. No, I can't buy my salvation. It was freely given. But because of it being freely given, I've got to show up every day looking for ways to, to, to buy somebody a cup of coffee. I've got to figure out a way that I can serve someone and change a flat tire. And to offer my help changing a light bulb for an elderly in the church. I've got to figure out a way to give. i got to give. i got to give. Why? Look what was given to me. It'll reveal that you're a part of God's family. Second thing it revealed when you when you're an intentional giver and you're doing it with a cheerfulness, it will reveal unity. It will show that you're a team player. It will reveal unity. And I'm telling you, last Sunday was probably the best litmus test of unity this church has had in a long time. You were unified around the cause that was bigger than our own. And I couldn't be any more proud of this church. You gave liberally. It was an act of unity. My question is, were you a part of the effort? Were you a part of the team? And finally, the final question today when it comes to giving, 
what it reveals is you're in God's family and unity, but it also reveals the faith. When you're an active, intentional, cheerful giver, you will live proven, 3 John 1 and 5. When you extend hospitality to your Christian brothers and sisters, even if they're strangers, the Bible says, you make the faith visible. Let me close with this today. Whenever you get into this lifestyle of knowing that every single thing you've ever been, ever, that every single thing that you've ever given was first given to you, and then when you approach it backwardly from that, knowing that every single thing that is given to you, God is asking you to steward over it as you give. When you do that, you will prove 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. You will prove God's word in your life. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. My prayer over this church is for every single one of you to fall in love with God and fall in love with people and look for ways to change people's life. By how? Using your money for good things. I told you last Sunday before we dismissed you, you need to keep a, keep a few extra dollars in your pocket and designate it. If it's $5, if it's 500 that's up to you and your budgeting. That's private between you and, and your home. If it's just $1, that's fine because it's not about the amount. But you need to keep something in your pocket and have it designated to look for ways to bless somebody else. We've invested a little bit of the giving of this church. We've invested in these neat little acts of kindness cards. I've already had stories told to me this week of people using them. There's stacks of them in the foyer. When we run out, we'll buy more. It just simply says something extra to show that God loves you. Whenever you spend that designated dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill, whatever it is that you want to do, whenever you just want to bless somebody, make sure they know that it's not you looking for any kind of applause because then you'd be doing it for the wrong motivation. Make sure that you do it to give glory to God, to show the faith, reveal the faith that look at what God has done for me. I can't help but to want to do something for somebody else. Stand with me today. I love all of you so much. I bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't allow this world to control you by money. You, you control. And with good intentional specific strategy Dave Ramsey would say this don't let your money tell you how to live you tell your money how you're going to live Ramsey would say don't let your money control you you control your money and if you don't know who he is he's a fantastic Christian financial leader in America founder of Financial Peace University a stewardship program that this church embraces. And if you've never gone through it, I would love to help you go through it because some of you are being controlled by your money.
It's telling you what to do every single month. And God's plan for your life is for you to get back on top again. Get out of the debt that you got yourself into. Get freed up to where you can be in control and invest in things that will last for eternity. Not silly things that are going to rust away and that could be stolen from you. I want to pray over you today. For those that are interested in our Houston trip next week, if you'll go on your website, calvaryftw.com, or if you go on the app, go under forms or registration forms, you can sign up for that. We'll soon to be offering you all the details you'll need to know to put a little money in God's service fund. Put your time in it, and I promise you, you'll be blessed. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for a few minutes with my friends and family today. This topic, God, <laughs> this topic, why has the world made it such a difficult topic? The answer, Lord, is because it's your remedy to freedom. And for every soul that's in this room that are possibly listening on a recorded message soon to be made public, if this is a topic that makes them uncomfortable, I believe with all my heart it's the plan of the enemy to keep us tied to this world and to its system. But by faith in Jesus' name, we will make you Lord of all and be set free from the pressures of money because that's all it is. It's just money. And we use it for the glory of God to love people. I pray this blessing of freedom upon every single one of us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands one more time before we dismiss today. Awesome. Awesome. I leave you with this. If there's any ladies here today that your heart would love to go on the retreat, but maybe money has gotten the best of you, and maybe the topic I'm teaching is a very tender, sensitive topic, would you give me the opportunity to help you go on that retreat? I'd love to because I believe in giving to the mutual fund, and I want to see you fellowship with like believers and catch a glimpse of the possibilities in Jesus. So change your visual of stress, and why don't you let me help you, and I'd love to send you to that retreat. I'm going to stay right here in the front to meet you today. If you'd like, a, if we can have a chance of meeting, I'd love that opportunity. God bless you. Growth track is starting in just a few moments. If you'd like to join us for that.